0: Good afternoon or good evening wherever you are. This is Capital Sports 2.0. I am Alan Moore. Um, I'd like to wish our Orthodox followers uh, Christmas, peaceful stress. Christ is risen. So it's Easter here in Russia and for Orthodox people around the world. So what's been going on since we were last chatting to you guys? Well, quite a bit. Sad news, uh, which we mentioned he was ill. Sad news, the passing of Norman Hunter, the ex-Leeds uh, United player and... Uh, English international, a seventy-six, he passed away from coronavirus. So, our, our top president with his family, um, an awful lot of discussion about what's going to happen with the football season in particular. Uh, for example, the Brighton owner Tony Bloom said, "You can't relegate teams now with, as it's as it's going on." So, we're going to see where that. Mm-hmm. Ian Wright is complaining that uh, football, especially the Premier League, is everybody's punching bag. So, go figure. I think uh, Ian is best to keep his mouth closed because last week he walked into the Arsenal doping scandal scandal, and today, something different. There's an awful lot going on. Bill Beaumont, the head of World Rugby, <coughs> um, has said that coronavirus is, you know, he said that it's a reality check for the whole world and gives us time to think and to slow down. I guess that's something that, a theme that all of our guests have been uh, discussing the last little while. The very, very sickly, Simone Biles, the uh, American gymnast who has a plethora of illnesses and ailments, including ADHD, uh, which forces her, of course, to take that really, really good medicine, which increases the focus that a lot of athletes seem to be doing as well, especially in sports like shooting, archery, and, of course, gymnastics. She's crushed because she can't compete at the uh, Olympics this year for Simone. But then again, it'll give her time to work on her health. We're going to speak a bit later on about the USADA virtual testing put it like this you ask an athlete to test themselves and send in their results or you know send their samples um i don't know i mean it's already quite uh, light touch testing in in uh, america and now this it always seems to have a little link to a certain dr death who we discussed before on the show so let's see what's going to happen with that um a racism scandal in reverse breaking out in um well, in in, in, in boxing, and uh, American Devin Haney, he turned around and started making fun of um, Vasil Lomachenko. He said he would never lose to a white boy. Now, of course, people are thinking, hold on, you shouldn't be saying that. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Um, and unfortunately, you know, the 21-year-old just can't keep his mouth shut, Said it's not racism, it's not racism. And the more he speaks about it, the worse it kind of gets. But... We'll talk about it later. Okay, so we were straight away out to... Well, actually, we'll stay in Moscow to begin with because uh, he's sitting there in quarantine. I think he's in Ashbagat. Ashbagat, of course, in Turkmenistan. Uh, Double N, good morning. How are you? Good
1: morning, Alan. It's good to be here. And at the same time, as you can see, in the background, my yeah.
0: little <laughs> So there's actually mountains right beside Ashbagat.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a mountainous area, so... It's a very
0: beautiful scenery. Like, I advise you to go. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. Once the uh, once the lockdown is lifted, we'll go to Ashkhabad. Okay. And further away, actually, kind of, I, I guess it's kind of maybe parallel or like vertical to Turkmenistan. <laughs> and, to, and to Andrew Flint. Andrew, how are you doing?
2: Oh, not too bad. Adam. Not too bad. Uh, how are you doing over there?
0: Good. Good. Moscow. It, it, of course, we worked last couple of days, and then uh, Moscow is just not. Uh, it's it's locked down, but very kind of busy in some points and not busy in other points. Very very strange. Very very strange. Yeah, I,
2: as, I, as I understand, Alan, people getting on buses are being sensible and not sitting directly next to the only other person on the bus. Um, well, they're they're I, social distancing on public transport. Is that that's right? Yes. Yeah, except in my case, where a guy <laughs> got on. There's only three of us on the bus, uh, four including
0: the bus driver. <laughs> this guy gets on and sits right in front of me. <laughs> and like, what is wrong with you, you fool? And he, he, he's sitting there and is oh, I just, I, I honestly, if I wasn't, I was the next stop. If I wasn't, I, I would have, like, mentioned, get up, please. You know, I was just, oh, but the problem was it was like a long distance from one stop to the next. I just couldn't believe it. The guy just sat down, just sat down. So, okay, we're going to start with Andrew straight to you uh, before we go into roundup. Turkmenistan and Tajikistan with double N. Andrew, uh, Premier League had a meeting on Friday, I believe.
2: Yes, yes, they they met to try and well try and thrash out a provisional timetable for finishing the season. Um, in the event that that is what they do, we still don't have a definitive answer. And. The result of the meeting was, were basically nothing. Nothing could be conclusively decided because the day before, um, the UK lockdown was extended by three weeks. The, the oh. measures of restricting people's movement. Um, so that that was the day before. So realistically, what can you expect clubs to decide? I don't, I don't, I don't blame the clubs in this instance because there's just too much uncertainty at the moment. Um, personally, I think the only way forward is to come up with a number of different options for different timescales so that when any answer is announced, at least there is a workable option ready to choose from. Um, But like you mentioned at the top of the show, the the Brighton chief executive has added his voice to quite a number, saying you you can't just simply decide relegation or, or promotion now because a huge... And either way, whether you relegate who is in the bottom three now or if you don't relegate people who are spending above their means, that it's just a, it's an absolute nightmare. But nothing has been decided. So uh, that's really... It's the, the only news is that there is no news about a definitive date or plan for dates. The end of August is when people would like to be done by. That's my understanding. And by comparison, um, the Bundesliga, uh, they've been back training already, and the clubs have said... Germany are going to roll out a million tests per week. That's their target. They need 20,000 to effectively run the Bundesliga. In Their plan is to have three centres, three clubs that have on-site medical facilities, training facilities, accommodation, and have the testing for all the players, and behind closed doors, of course. Oh. And they are hoping to start within a matter of weeks, as opposed to months. Um, the Premier League isn't at that stage because there just isn't the testing facilities or capacity. Okay,
0: so. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, they've been back training and so on, but then there is the risk. And it, Bundesliga doesn't operate on its own, so they're going to have to try and obey what the, the government are going to do in Germany as well, and each lander in Germany as well. I know they've been speaking about, it, for example, in Hesse, where um, there's quite a few clubs there, obviously uh, in Eintracht Frankfurt from Top Flight, that they are going to um, restrict movement further if this happens because I know that even though it's like it's money and so on and so forth, they are very, very nervous mm-hmm. about it. Um, I know that there was a, a couple of very interesting, um, just before the weekend on Friday, I think it was, uh, that Arsenal are the first team to agree to pay cuts, like voluntarily take pay cuts. Double N, as an Arsenal fan, do you think that's good that the, the players are actually volunteering for this?
1: To be honest i don't think that body which is over some teams in any league should uh, direct their players or their teams what should they do or how should they do in my opinion it should be like in recommendation form so um if players decide if they collectively like team up and decide to give something for a good cause which i think was the case in arsenal so i think it's not a bad thing so i think other teams can look up to them and decide that they can contribute somehow in a similar way no maybe not exactly like like that but it's different it's difficult time so everyone have to contribute how they can so i think it can be done uh, on balance
2: i'd say it's better than vanity is worse and um, because it sends a message of look at least we're making some effort as i understand they are offering to take a paper on the you know with the provise that if they qualify for the Champions League and certain performance-related targets are met, then they will be reimbursed, which actually I think is the right thing. I think that's a a more sustainable offer all round in the short term, which is the short term is when help is needed to help pay non-playing staff. Um, But they themselves, as employees, which uh, the, the sneering and targeting of Premier League footballers because of the level of their salary... Is, is starting to grate with me, to be honest. It's it's an, a lazy, easy target. Um, and if they, they should do their socially, morally responsible thing, which is what they are doing, but they shouldn't give up their right as workers to have their salary. I wouldn't give up a penny of my salary unless it was a matter of life and death. I mean, I just think it's... I, I just don't... Um, I don't, I don't like that. So I do think it's probably on balance a decent thing. It is less than what the Premier League are proposing, but I think the Premier League are proposing too much. They're proposing 30%. It's um, It should be more down to donations rather than cutting salaries overall. That, for me, is a bigger part of the problem. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I, I agree with that. And what people, you know, um, have to understand is that players are, many players are already donating and helping out. So, you know, this kind of, like, mandatory thing, It is difficult, a voluntary thing, yeah, it works. And okay, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Ian Rice had said that that the Premier League is a punching bag. That is the truth. It it, it is a punching bag and it's an obvious target as well because there's nothing else happening. And also, Mm. I think we have to remember and remember strongly and always come back to it that most of the players, uh, no matter where they're from, whatever country, um, who are playing the Premier League, are usually from a Lower middle class, lower class background, in that social, social economic sense. If that's the case, the people who are like you know the, uh, the who are sneering and are demanding this, you know, they, they're usually from a middle upper middle class background and they're stirring it. Now they're not going to say the same thing about rugby players who are on good salaries. They're not going to say the same thing about chief executives who are on very good salaries. They're not going to say the same thing about uh, you know non domicile tax exiles who are basically running around and hiding their money offshore they won't say that you know they're not going to turn around and say hold on Google pay your money here hold on Apple you owe X amount of yeah. taxes they won't do that they won't do it because yeah. again, yes as Ian Wright said okay we might disagree and maybe the, the doping got to his head a bit too much but you know slamming footballers is very much a class issue you know you can yeah only, you, know, you can feel how they're doing it like the, the the scandal breaks out i mean when they we'll, we'll speak about now in a few minutes about yosada most of the people who are been testing that like you know, who are now offering for testing they're like swimmers and they're the most suspect dodgy people going. i mean one of the people they rolled out was kate middle upper middle class family not only question marks around her there's more question marks around her than the riddler in batman well yeah if anyone remembers so i think jim carrey <laughs> played the riddler actually oh no yeah i think he did okay we'll move on Uh, slightly uh, a little bit to another form of football well it's football but not quite as we know it it's in Turkmenistan Tajikistan Double N what happened in Tajikistan and uh, what have we got to look forward to in the Yokari Liga in uh, Turkmenistan
1: Tajikistan league started on April 5th right after the Super Cup which we also previewed in our show so Istiklal won that match 2-1 so after that Istiklal was in a is in a good shape, so he thrashed a common uh, team from, I think it was, yeah, Dushanbe is 7-0. So, in the second round, it it won another team 2-0. So, they have now, they didn't concede any goals so far. So, now coming up, they have a good momentum in this uh, round. They're going to play today at 5 p.m. Moscow time. They're going to play against Hatlan. So, Hatlan is a second, actually, it's a runner-up right now. Actually, they have the same amount of uh, points right now in the table, but the, they only have this uh, goal difference between them. So it's going to be like a little bit early clash between the two leaders who are <laughs> to face in the beginning. your career Liga, as you said. So there we have also one interesting uh, game, which is happening today. It's Altinasir versus Copet Dag. is actually right behind me. Oh. So uh, it's the name of mountain, yeah. Ah, both of them are <laughs> teams, so it's gonna be interesting because Altenasir is is a reigning champ, champion, as you know, and Duck have also this legacy of six championship, like they have six titles, as the same number with Altenasir. So it's gonna be interesting, and uh, I think uh, let me see about the time. Yeah, it's gonna be at 3 p.m. Moscow time. We'll post uh, the link. In, in the description or post in social media, so I I hope they will like broadcast it. I, I really hope because there is no any confirmation about that, but I I just I just hope they're gonna broadcast. Which they are both from Ashgabat, aren't they? Yeah, they're both from Ashgabat.
0: So it's Ashgabat derby uh, to kick off the season. Um, which team is yours?
1: Actually, there are two teams from my city, like but they're like how to say underdogs in this so, so for so many years. Uh, <laughs> I, I think they're going to play tomorrow. So they're playing tomorrow against some strong teams from Balkana, but the Balkan teams <coughs> are actually teams which take on some serious like they go to serious AFK champion championships, like they travel abroad. I've seen their match one time. It was in Cambodia. They really showcased a really good match there. So it was Good to that's, see them.
0: That's the AFC, the, the kind of the Asian equivalent of the Champions League, correct? Yeah, exactly. Okay, no, that's a it's
1: good level. And what, what are the two teams from your city? It's uh, energetic and Merf.
0: Merf, okay. Energetic and Merf.
1: actually, uh, one thing that I noticed while analyzing, two regions that are, like we have five regions, so only three of them are represented. So two, two regions are not represented at all in the Yokori Liga. The good thing is, Yep. Just one thing to add, like uh, the team which is not present in your Liga it's actually the place where they keep these current quarantined people in in my country. So no team from there is playing. So it's a good hope that <laughs> no one, the situation is stable.
0: <laughs> okay, that's that's good. On Friday we, we had a chat. It went up yesterday. Uh, it went up on Saturday with. with uh, lot kind of, of about the current um good wheel drive going on here in Russia, and he also mentioned that they are looking to go back to the or to discussing should i say going back to the mm. summer season well, well, well many many reasons one of them will be that um the team you uh or sorry that the budgets because most of especially second division teams are funded centrally or by the region or the like mm-hmm. city the budget is set for the year and it's easier right now yeah. it's set over two years of course weather as well because it's very very difficult and a long break between the seasons and so on and so forth mm-hmm. that they're basically saying that it's, it's much it'll be easier and it'll save clubs in the second divisions especially a uh, third tier a mm-hmm. uh, return to summer summer season would that be a good thing especially out in
2: siberia and out in tumen would that would that work I mean, I'm in favour of that as a concept for the majority of the pyramid. I mean, out here we we have very very rarely actually had matches postponed in Tumen, but that's only because we have uh, an all weather pitch that has under well underground heating, and yeah. even then it, it it struggled. There was one match I remember about four years ago that was out, in danger of being called off. Uh, then the vast majority of teams don't have those facilities. And it, it is unplayable. It, it's just, well, I mean, I wouldn't say disgraceful because it's not the club's fault. There's very little they can do. So I think a return to the summer season makes uh, makes a lot more sense for the sustainability, as Alexander says. It's um, the argument that it takes the Russian system out of line with European leagues. I think it's a very weak one, to be honest Maybe a few top players just might possibly be less likely to sign in January. But even even then, which top players, I mean, top players in Europeans, you know, top European five leagues, are actually going to move to Russia anyway. We're not in the Hulk-Axel Witzel signing era. So the winter transfer window still has players who are looking to move. And, and even then, we're only talking about benefiting a small handful of Russian clubs, whereas the summer months are much more, like you mentioned, with the budget, with the with the geography, with the weather. I, I think it just makes a whole lot more sense. Um, so personally, I'd be in favour of it, and I would even—I don't want to be callous about this—but the the situation we're in at the moment is almost an automatic opportunity to to slide into this system if we're delayed for a while and we have to restart only in for just off the top of my head August maybe you know, August, September, October could finish the season and just simply move into it that way. It's, it's not ideal for everybody, but I think it would work. Yeah, I mean, the, the, one of the arguments uh, uh, for it put forward uh, is that,
0: you know, we have this time now where, for example, the Champions League final, they said that they're hoping to ho- hold it on August 29th. This European season, the f- upcoming European season is written off like there's no Champions League, no Europa League, and it's moved forward to next year. At least then it does give the Russian Premier League you know, a time, time to mm-hmm. have a champion by the end of this year and then start off new next year. So have the, the remainder of the championship in the autumn. So kind of go, oh, here we go. We did it before where they had a season and a half. A season and a half yeah. a lot of clubs go to the wall um, and a lot of hardships as well. I mean, even a club with, who had quite substantial backing at the time, Sochi, they went. So if we look at it that way, the very, very intelligent way of it. like, yeah, it does help the broad, broad spectre. Uh, as Alexander mentioned as well, that it's Yevgeny Ginnert, he was the one who was pushing for it so hard. The reason that he gave, and the sensible reason is because, like, you, know, you finish the championship in May, for example, and you have pretty much the bulk of your team to start in the in the Champions League, Europa League. Mm.
1: That's
0: only, as you said, a very, very few clubs, five clubs from Russia, for example. Um... And when it was a winter season, Russian clubs didn't do that badly. You know, so it's, yeah. it, I think a, a winter league would align it well with the Nordics, would align it well with other leagues as well. I mean, for, for Ireland, it has meant a huge boost in our European performances. Since it came in, we've had two teams qualifying for the European uh, the Europa Cup or Europa League, excuse me, group stages. So it does make sense. Before we move away to uh, to Usada, Andrew, one funny story about darts because darts
2: now they have a virtual tour online, but there was a little bit of a, a hiccup with one of the players. Well, yes, I personally I think it's a, a relatively innovative idea to, to keep the sport going. People like to watch it. Um, so the darts, the PDC tour have made a home tour uh, where players are streaming. Their own darts from their own home, uh, but in actual competition, uh, Gary Anderson, a former world champion, had to withdraw because the his Wi-Fi connection at home wasn't strong enough to stream a live video of him throwing darts at his board. I, look, it's it's a it's a story that I think is nobody's nobody's losing from this. It, it's not putting anybody at risk. It's quite the opposite. It is giving people something to watch, but the. Yeah, Gary Anderson having to pull out is is a bit of a. I wouldn't even say it's embarrassing because people are are fully understanding and aware of it. You would have thought somebody who does earn considerable money from price money would would pay for the best best Wi Fi possible, but apparently not. Um, but that's is ongoing. And just it's just not quite the same with all those delightfully behaved, um, beer-swilling uh, fans, shall we say, in their thousands chanting. But uh, it's something. Okay, we are coming towards the end of the show. We want to address one USADA. Now,
0: of course, Travis Paper Tigers, he's the head of USADA. Of course, USADA is for profit, purely for profit. They don't do this in a good sort of heart. They don't test the NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA, any major sports, college sports, high school sports. They're not allowed to touch them. Why? First of all, because no one respects them or likes them. Second of all, because there's too much money to be lost if there's actually proper um, uh, testing and so on. And usually they, they kind of self-administer their own tests and look after themselves. And a player gets done for, for steroids, he'll get two-game ban in the NFL, for example. So not they're not like, they're persona non grata, and people, you know, anyone I've interviewed from NFL or NHL or even NBA, they just kind of laugh about it. They're like, oh, you're just a joke. Now they've come up, something that um, the New York Times, which seems to be the mouthpiece for a lot, for a lot of what they're doing, um, partner in crime, you could call them, the, they basically said that for many months they've been testing uh, or laying their foundations for virtual testing. What's virtual testing? Basically, the athletes in the comfort of their own home have a test and they collect their own urine or their own blood. Now, the blood is taken in front of a Zoom or FaceTime, so basically sitting here and you take your blood, um, and a, a tester is watching remotely, wherever it may be. Urine is taken in private most of the urine samples have been used so i mean this is a bit mm-mm, doesn't, doesn't doesn't look well there's no privacy in your intestine normally they're standing there looking at you okay they're watching you because there's so many tricks that have been used to fake penis to a bag of urine hidden inside a body crevice and cavity and it's just insane what athletes will do to cheat the system you're sat there going ah, oh, doesn't matter you just go in and just send us in whatever it is so then you seal it up you show you're sealing it up and you send it to Travis and his merry band of uh, outlaws are athletes. Happy, you bet they are. They're delighted, and plenty uh, <laughs> of US Olympic hopes were eager. This is what he told the New York Times: eager to sign up for the pilot project. Of course, Katie Ledecky, I mentioned at the start of the show, uh, who has very questionable um, background and people she worked with, and her, you know, she's multiple world record holder. She won five Olympic gold medals. So she's beaten all these dopers out of sight, but she's clean because she's American. She's skipped a number of tests, which is okay. She's very sickly, but she's still okay. She hasn't failed tests that we know of. Um, Alison Felix, the athlete, another question is there. So basically, Target said, we've been talking about this and laying the foundation for several months. COVID put that on fast forward and allowed us to roll it out. Okay, so Ledecki says she feels very comfortable using it. And um, it's just, it's, it's quite insane. There's all these safeguards and so on, but we know that that's a nonsense. <sighs> Andrew, I've, I've, I've explained the situation.
2: Does it make sense? Uh, oh, it makes sense. Um, I understand exactly why they're doing this, because they <laughs> they get to pat themselves on the back and say, oh, look at us, aren't we being lovely and responsible? Um, I mean, apparently, apparently, this will help them Get an idea of who may have fallen through the cracks, forgetting to mention the fact that they created the crack of no testing <laughs> yeah. for a short period. Well, well done for possibly catching, getting, getting an idea of catching who's fallen through the cracks that you yourself have created. Well done, brilliant. Well done, Mr. Target. Um, I mean, I, I actually genuinely struggle to understand the sheer stupidity of anybody who reads a headline of, Self-administered testing. I mean, that is about the most oxymoronic. Stress being on the moronic part of that word and <laughs> um, concept I've, I've, I've ever come across in my life. Okay, you're watching somebody take a blood test. Wonderful, and that blood has to be sent somewhere. I'm assuming these athletes aren't setting up their own laboratories in their own homes. No, 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 So, do they have to zoom, prove what they put it in the right envelope and? follow the zoom camera with the envelope all the way to them i mean the mind the mind boggles on and the fact that this is being reported seriously with a straight face without anybody uh, so far anyway actually questioning well hang on a minute what the actual i won't say the word because we're broadcasting but uh, the, the the mind boggles alan i mean if you've got somebody in a normal testing period saying okay here is the test i'm completely clean because of TUEs well okay there's at least a vague attempt to pretend that you are testing properly this isn't even that they i honestly think they're just having a laugh they say right. you know what let's see how ridiculous we can make it and how much we can get away with this is i mean it just it seems such a disgrace and that the fact
0: that they're they're even mentioning this i mean this remember this comes from one person who did this on a criminal enterprise, Grigory Rodchenkov, he did this with his athletes. He did it with UK athletes. He did it with US athletes. He did it with Russian athletes where they would send their blood and urine samples to him for testing to see where they were on their cycle. So whether they could be popped or not. So he would advise them on this, not just him alone. This is This is done by other labs as well. This is done by... Uh, universities in America this is done by American football teams this is done by soccer teams where they they test to see will they get pinged for testosterone for EPO so this is like Rodchenko's there who of course we know that he his story he made a lot of money from selling his story to the New York Times New York Times are working hand in hand with USADA um, and the absolute criminality of this whole enterprise and again as you said they're saying with a straight face it's not just oxymoronic. It's just plain ridiculous. Like, I mean, I, my mind was blown when I read it. It's like, no, wait, hold on. This is April Fool's? Couldn't be for real. But, right. They, they, they're serious.
1: Double N, um, self-administered drug tests. Is that a bit odd? To give an example, I'm not an athlete. So, I wanted to change a slight detail in my passport details last time, yesterday. Yeah. I called my mobile operator. And they refused me to do so. I said, come on, I can I can Zoom, I can, like, take a photo, take a picture with my passport in front. And they just said, no, we cannot do that. Like, if you want to test, you have to come and we have to see, we have to confirm that it's you, like, who's who trying to do that. Like, if such a level of uh, testing, so to say, is being implemented in such a small, like, uh, live detail as changing a mobile operator, or changing certain sound detail so like what you've andrew just mentioned is just is just it has to be a joke like, I, I don't
0: know yeah i i it's just a disgrace i mean i, I and one thing as well which I, I i thought of just now was that you give you you make your sample and you miss the seal it up and so on and so forth it's so easy to go oops i did it again i fell or slipped and so on and so forth or my wi-fi is very very bad so i can't zoom what do i do uh, my was not working I'm home but my goodness like it's I, I didn't pay my bill last month or wherever. I mean there are some normal excuses as you said getting aside from the TUEs which they is legal cheating for most of them um, for Ledecky for Biles for Felix for so many of them you know the British Cycling Team are just already they should be in some special category this is insane okay folks we're going to have to go away because we're almost out of time happy easter nazar and have a great week happy easter to everyone andrew happy easter to you
2: men i hope you're going to paint lots of eggs today oh certainly christos and all that um lots of coolage to be eaten okay folks we're going to go away we'll of
0: course be recording again this week but uh just to say thank you very much to to the guys today great job and uh, yeah, so we had our little bit of a rant for Sunday morning. we are never going away, we're going to relax and uh, eat some coolidge, eat some cake and have a cup of tea. Uh, wish you all well. And again, take care. We're going to get through this together. We're going to have a lot of our fun. So uh, talk to you all
2: very, very soon.